0: You are listening to the Chaos Chronicles. I'm Leanne Dolan. Fantastic to be with you today. It is a cold and rainy Thursday morning here in Pasadena, California. And I love cold and rainy just because we don't get it that much. (laughs) So I know the rest of you are just cold or really rainy. Um, but for us, this is a novelty. So I'm happy to take, happy to take some rain, uh, to water my plants. All right, everybody. How is everyone doing? The it feels like the holidays are bearing down on us. So I'm going to say, talk a little bit about that. Some of my holiday preparation today. Uh, also on the show, I have a little pop culture, uh, roundup. <laughs> some things I want to impart to you. Some pop culture items I've enjoyed. Some that I'm looking forward to. We're going to do a follow-up on last week's discussion on what would you outsource. I have some ideas there. And, uh, and then a to-do list for this Thursday, November 21st. I want to thank everybody who has maybe been new, is new to the Chaos Chronicles or has been spreading the word about the Chaos Chronicles. It's great to see my rankings go up. I really, really appreciate it. Happy to be back here doing the show just on modern Motherhood. And uh, if those of you who maybe listened for a while at Satellite Sisters and then decided, oh yeah, okay, that's working for me, welcome to you too. I really, really appreciate all the support here at the Chaos Chronicles. All right, first Chaos Chronicles, though, we're going to start with that. Um, every week on this show, I, I t- try to talk about my life as a working mom. Uh in a funny and enjoyable way (laughs) and, you know, sometimes more successfully than others. But I just try to bring in, you know, tales from the trenches so that we can all commiserate. I know we have a lot of different people that listen to the Chaos Chronicles, but I hope this is relevant. I hope the, the top part of the show is relevant to almost everybody. I try to make it such. Um, I did something this week that somehow in the last 18 years of my life being a mother, I have never done before. You know, every April... Uh, for, I don't know how many years now, 15, 20 years, we've been celebrating, take your daughters to work day, right? We had that movement, take your daughters to work. And then people felt bad about leaving their sons at home. So then it became, take your daughters and sons to work, which was really a nice opening gesture uh, to incorporate kids of all ages, seeing their parents in the workplace, what they do all day, maybe having some sense of what it's like to get up and get a job every day. Um, But for some reason, I never took my sons to work. (laughs) I don't, I don't know why. (laughs) Now that I think about it, I mean a lot of their lives i've worked out of the house for large portions of the day or large portions of what i'm doing so maybe that's it um maybe my my philosophy was really leave me alone i'm trying to work here day uh and that would be every day when you're upstairs and they're downstairs but You know, there were a good solid 10 years where I worked in a radio station and I think maybe they swung by once to see me in the radio station, but it just wasn't the kind of job where I could actually like entertain and supervise them while I was on the air. So I never really brought them to see sort of a whole day's worth of what life is like and okay, getting up, preparing for the show, you know, okay, now we're on the air for three hours, the post-production meeting. They never saw that. So mainly they just see me now in all my glory and my ugg boots and my oversized um really unattractive brown sweater that I picked up last week. It's fuzzy and it's warm, but it is ill-fitting. So um that's really how they think of me quote going to work now. But um you know I have my son home for the gap year, my 18-year-old son, and one of the things that he's done over the course of his year off between high school and college is work on his own media property, which is a website, uh, called faster equals com. If you'd like to check it out, or you can follow him on Instagram faster equals better, uh, or on Twitter faster, better. Um, but, uh, it's mainly car related. So it kind of combines two things. He really likes photography and film And his tremendous love of cars. And, um, I was encouraging for him to do something like this, you know, mainly because, uh, uh, I thought he would drive me crazy if he didn't have stuff to do all day (laughs) and he does have a job, but it's not a 60 hour a week job. He's still got plenty of time. And I thought there's probably something more productive you could be doing with your life than I don't know, the seven episodes of House Hunters International we have saved on the DVR, which I know you enjoy. But, you know, maybe exploring your creative side would be a good idea. And to be honest, he's been really leading the charge in this. I haven't had to browbeat him too much, which was the point, right? (laughs) He is 18. It's supposed to be something he wants to do. But one of the things I have the opportunity to do here, occasionally I get invited to press events. Um, And one press event that I've been to many times here in Los Angeles is the LA Auto Show. It's a big car show because we are a big car culture here in Los Angeles. And um, it's exciting to go for the press days because you get to you know, hear from the designers and the marketing people and the CEOs of companies about their strategy. And I mean, let's face it, the car business is a big business here. And so it kind of combines a lot of interesting things. I mean, I like cars, but I'm also interested in sort of design and art and business. So it's interesting to look at all those things through the filter of the car industry. So I've gone for a bunch of years and I really enjoy it. So in August, I got the, the email like, hey, time to register to get your credentials. And you have to, when you, this is a real event. It's not so much a, that you're invited. You're invited to apply for press credentials, I should say. And you can not get turned down. Um, they need to know that you actually legitimately write about and talk about cars occasionally. And... um You know, I have, I have written stuff about cars for oprah.com and texting and driving. And I talk about cars on the show. So I have enough clips to send them. But it's a, you know, couple of page application process and you have to put links to your clips and, oh, how many Twitter followers do you have? You have to, you know, inform them on all kinds of things like that. I mean, so, uh, I applied and I was accepted and then I, I looked at Brooks and I said, you know, why don't you, why don't I walk you through the credential process? You might not get credentialed because you're relatively new site and you're young and you don't really have the type of clips they're looking for, um, but you might as well give it a whirl. At least it's something that you can learn. So I walked him through the credentialing process, and unbelievably, he got credentials. So, <laughs> so this week, press credentials. So, and usually it's just a one-day press preview, but this year they decided to make it three days, which to me is a sign that business is looking up in the car business, and it certainly was based on, um, frankly, just based on the hors d'oeuvres and the beverages in the booths of all the car manufacturers. But it was exciting for me, like we were going to the press days of the LA Auto Show together, all right. So, and I, I wasn't nervous about it. Um, I thought he'd be fine, but it is a pretty intimidating event. There are thousands of journalists from all over the world. There are a lot of TV crews there, a lot of photographers. There are people you've seen. There are just regular writers. There's marketing people. It's there are thousands of people at these press previews, and so you have to kind of know what you're doing and have a strategy. So, I, I thought it might be fun to actually take a look at some advice uh, at Forbes for how to plan your take your daughter or son to work day because I'd never done it. So I want to tell you the advice for real over there at the Forbes site and then how we strategized. uh, me and my son, Brooks. So first is plan the day. And we did have to plan three days. The first day was a whole bunch of press conferences about the connected car and technology in the car and distracted driving. And, you know, uh, why can't the car operate like your phone? And there were all kinds of interesting people from uh, CO- COOs of car companies and designers and ac- academicians talking about, you know, how people interact with cars. It was a full day of uh, panel discussions um, with very few cars involved. We didn't get to see any fancy cars. And then the next day was all the cars. And today is the design day. I'm skipping it, but he's headed down there. So plan the day. So this is mainly I said, you just, you have to get up and you have to get going. Okay. It's an early day. It's traffic. We have to get there. Uh, so this is just me being me, you know, I was like, here's what you need to do. You need to pack ahead of time. You need to put all your photography gear and everything in a bag. You need to have a pen and a paper. You need to make sure you have your ID. You know, he said, this is like, this is the real deal. You got to show up and look and act and sound like you're a member of the working media. So this is not you going to the car show. So we did that. Okay. Here's another piece of advice. Uh, talk to employees and colleagues, uh, you know, uh, we've got no one to talk to. And I didn't really want to let on that. My son was also coming with me. So I skipped over that piece of advice. All right. Another thing Forbes suggested to improve, take your daughter son to work day, invite other kids. My son tried. He said, you know, could we take Nick? He'd really like to come. I was like, this is a working press day. Again, this isn't a birthday party, all right? (laughs) Is Nick a member of the working press? He can apply on his own. I can only walk one child through this day. So I did not invite any other kids. Lay out the ground rules. All right, that's what Forbes suggested if you're taking your son to work. Well, mainly it was kind of weird. I did not want to embarrass him. I had actually a lot of confidence that he could kind of operate independently. He's been doing a lot of car shoots, going to a lot of car shows. In his work as a valet parker at a fancy hotel, he tells me, very often, I've learned to talk to everyone and anyone, which is great. Uh, last week, he had the prince and princess of Spain in, for instance. So he's talked to everyone from, you know, basketball stars to royalty to movie stars. So he has learned to talk to anyone. So I actually wasn't worried about him being able to. Um, to operate on his own. I was more worried about me humiliating him (laughs) because at one point um, he has the, the video camera and a regular camera. And I, and I, he said, oh, I'd love to do some on camera stuff. I said, oh, I'll shoot you. You know, you can, you can be on camera and I'll shoot you. And he looked at me with this look of horror on his face. And he's like, mom, I don't want my mom shooting me in front of other people. I was like, oh yeah, that could be really embarrassing. So we figured out a couple of things. Uh, we figured out, first of all, we have different last names. I have my maiden name, kept it. That's my name. He has his father's name. I guess most of the world works that way. So that's how it works at our house. And so, um, so uh, you know, there was really no way to actually connect us. And because Brooks doesn't really look like me, I thought, okay, well, I guess we'll just operate like colleagues and... I said, you know, if you need to, um, you can call me Leon while we're there. (laughs) We had to figure out if we were in a conversation with a single person, would we cop to the fact that we were mother-son? Would that be like totally dorky? And we decided, unless it came up, that we wouldn't. And it was funny. We went the very first day to get our credentials. You actually have to get, you know, the big name tag. It says media. It says what outlet you work for and stuff. And he said, um, and the, the guy at the end of the line clearly thought that we were like producer and talent, like that, that I, I was the talent or whatever. I was the old lady writer and here was my young producer that I was making carry my bags. So all right away, I was like, oh, this is good. They don't actually connect us as mother and son, but I have to say it did really make it loud. Um, did really make me laugh when he referred to me as Leon several times. (laughs) So that, that worked out fine. Make it real, according to Forbes magazine. You're supposed to make it real. Uh now this is imagine if you're taking like a small child to your office. Here's what Forbes actually wrote Do not allow your child to take important phone calls or return work emails. Really, Forbes? Good idea. Well, I made it real for him. I made him take all my photos. I made him take photos of me in cars because I have a little tiny blue Canon Sure Shot, and he has a lot of fancy cameras. <laughs> we really, actually, had an excellent time. He was a very good assistant in the sense that he knows a ton about cars, so he increased my enjoyment. And then I showed him sort of how to work the line how to get things done, you know, how to plan your day. Uh, Initially, the very first day, we were denied access to a panel discussion that we wanted to see. And the guy at the bottom of the stairs at the L.A. Convention Center said, oh, no, the panel discussion is just for, you know, attendees of the conference, not for the press. The press has to watch down here on, like, closed-circuit TV. And I walked away, and he's like, oh, does that mean we have to sit, like, in the lobby the whole day? Well, theoretically, yes, but... I looked around. I was like, it is not that crowded here today. It is crazy that we would have to sit in this lobby and watch on Code circuit TV. We're the press. We were invited to these panel discussions. So I looked around. I'm like, there's another staircase. Let's just go. Just don't ever take no for an answer. Just (laughs) you're the press. It's your job to be polite but forceful to get the material you need. So let's go. We like snuck up the back staircase and we just walked right in. He goes, that's unbelievable, mom. How'd you know how to do that? I go, That just didn't even make sense that that guy, he just must have gotten the wrong information. We clearly, there are plenty of seats. We could absolutely do this. So there you go. That was very good life lesson for him as the working media. Uh, Another, um, (laughs) another piece of advice that Forbes magazine has is put yourself in your child's shoes when you're planning the day. I would have literally liked to put myself in my child's shoes because for some reason, I was wearing like my low-heeled boots that I wear very often on long days like this, travel days. They're usually extremely comfortable. But have you ever had a pair of shoes that has previously been excellent and then like one day they just give up the ghost? They just stop working as comfort shoes? That is exactly what happened to me yesterday at the auto show. It is a long day. You are pounding, pounding, pounding from one big convention hall to another. I was on my feet for like seven straight hours. By hour five and a half, I was crying in pain. (laughs) I looked at my son in his shoes and I wished I had just worn flat heels like that. It wasn't even the size of the heel. It was like the shoe just crumped out on me this has happened to me a couple times before and it's usually when I'm like walking in New York on a travel thing and like shoes that were previously comfortable just stop working I remember one time I was in New York I could barely walk I had on you know my basic black shoes but they stopped working I walked right into Saks. I bought a new pair of shoes I threw the old ones away and that's what I did when I got home yesterday (laughs) I threw these boots away I'm like it's done it 's over, so thank you, Forbes. I wish I had uh, that piece of advice before. Put myself in my child 's shoes because I should have done that should have worn uh should have worn those fashion sneakers, uh, but unfortunately, those Monroe fashion sneakers that I love so much those have seen better days. so I have to get a new pair. Expose your child to new things that 's what Forbes suggested. And we had fun. My son had never been to a press event where there was free food. So I love that the first question we walked in, they had, a breakfast bar set up for attendees, and uh, including extensive use of the breakfast kebab. I'm not—I don't know if you're familiar with this. I had never seen all of breakfast served on a kebab. I've seen fruit kebabs, but these kebabs—they were donut hole kebabs, and then they were like sausage and frittata kebabs. <laughs> no, no utensils, just in it for breakfast. And literally, the first question Brooks looked to me goes, "Is this food free?" I was like, "It is free." <laughs> It is free. Take advantage of it because I've come the last three or four years to this LA Auto Show when the economy was really bad and everything was in the dumps and there was not one bit of food or drink. That is not the case this year. We had the breakfast kebabs. We moved right on to the grilled cheese truck. There was sushi at the Kia event. You know, oh, the nice people at Volvo had like Flowing uh, Starbucks coffee, it was fantastic. So I did. I exposed my son to new things, free food and breakfast kebab. And then give students a related assignment uh, Forbes magazine tells me that's what I'm supposed to do to really get the most out of my take my son to work day. Well, here's, here's the assignment. He has beautiful photos of the new cars. It was very exciting to see. He had so much fun at the day as did I. Um, so he's editing all his photos and he's going to put together a really nice slideshow for you. If you want to see some of the new cars and I will put a link to that all over the place. His website is faster equals better.com. but he is working on that today. He's the day off from his real job, so he's working on that today. And uh, one of the great photos we got, I already put up on my Facebook page, but I'll put it on the Chaos Cardinals page, too. One of this, the stars of the event was um, Usain Bolt, and we're huge Bolt fans at our house. We just like Dragon Field. We like him. He's got six gold medals. He's got the attitude of a sprinter. So my son follows him on Twitter, and he said, Mom, he's going to be at the Nissan booth tomorrow. They're introducing the new Nismo nismo who knew uh they're introducing the new nismo and that's their super fast like tuned up car and um you're saying bolt's gonna unveil the car so we knew that and we we blew off one press conference i was like let's get front row seats for that you're saying bolt moment because i don't think other people know that so we got our front row seats at nissan we sat there for 45 minutes we traded off he got the grilled cheese i got the sushi we brought it back <laughs> We had our lunch. I got off my aching dogs. And then Usain Bolt came out and it was great. But he was only on stage for like two minutes. So afterwards, of course, they made him do, you know, the Usain Bolt pose. And um, afterwards they're like, okay, now you can get, you know, pictures of Usain in the car. But really people just wanted pictures of Usain Bolt. And um, even though the car was great. And so I said, okay, go stand behind him. I'll get a photo of the two of you. And everyone had these giant long lens cameras and just scramble. Again, it's the real press. This is, this is like, boom, they were up on stage so fast. And I was just holding up my little sure shot. And I got a really cute photo of my son sort of photo bombing uh, Usain Bolt. And then reflect on the day. I'm doing that right now. Thank you, Forbes Magazine. It's all excellent advice. I had a ton of fun. I'm proud of him. He did a very good job. And I said, you know, the best part about getting on a press list is that once you're on a press list, they just keep inviting you back. So, you know, you did a good job. Like he said, should I give my press pass today to one of my friends? I said, no, you absolutely should not. I said, they gave you this press pass. It has your name on it. They do check photo IDs and If you lose this press pass because you've given it to someone else, you will never, ever, 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 ever get credentialed again. So that was also an important lesson I taught him as we reflected on the day. Anyway, they, we are going to, I'm going to talk about actual cars I've seen and some car trends on, uh, the newest satellite sisters. I'm going to, you know, have some car ideas. People asked, I took requests. People asked me to sit in cars for them. I did that. That's all going to be on satellite sisters today. But I have to say my very first and only take your son to work day. Very, very successful. All right. Stay with me. Pop culture roundup coming up. Last week on the show, we talked about outsourcing. Uh, I, I went through an article um, based on the work of a couple of economists, their professional work and also their personal work, about um, how it actually is economically beneficial to outsource tasks, uh, depending upon sort of where you are in the pay scale and how much you make. And, you know, we have this hang up in our country about doing everything ourselves and self-reliance and that all this stuff builds character, but really... Uh, We would be much better off sort of economically if we let other people do some of, uh, you know, our our day-to-day tasks so we could go on with our professional life, which may actually be a better economic move in the long run, meaning you can make more money working on work than you can paying someone to, you know, run errands for you and take stuff to the post office, which is the task I would like to outsource. And I believe I'm getting closer and closer to it in the new year. Uh, this week I had to do all sorts of just like billing and expense reports. I am terrible at that. I just torture myself with it. It's excruciating and it takes me forever to do it. So it it just, I was like, This is exactly what I should be outsourcing. So I asked you to write in what sort, what things would you like to outsource? And Michelle from Portland, Oregon, uh, emailed in that she, Michelle, definitely like she wants someone to take over just all things play date. She'd like a scheduler. She'd like someone to oversee the child's play date schedule. Uh, You know, that is just obviously not her area of strength. And then she also mentioned that she would gladly pay to have her groceries delivered from Costco. And then Anne, also from Portland, piped up, oh, she has used a grocery delivery service before and it is well worth it. And, you know, I was thinking about it because, again, spend a lot of time at the grocery store and sometimes I think... Would my time be better off like writing, pitching story ideas, working on, you know, a screenplay rather than here at the grocery store? It does take an extraordinarily long time to do grocery shopping. And I know I feel like I mentioned that every week, but that's because I have to go to the grocery store every week and I'm still going. (laughs) And I have to go two or three times a week. And one of the things that I enjoyed, the only good thing about, um, Winding up in the hospital last spring with MRSA. <laughs> Do you recall that? Wow, it's been a long year. I sometimes actually have really blanked that out, but I had a staph infection and I wound up in the hospital for three days. And then I was on antibiotics, really high doses of antibiotics for a couple of weeks after that with home healthcare. And I was told to take it really easy and not go out a lot. I didn't want to risk reinfection or getting sick again. It was a cut in my hand that turned very, very serious. And so during that time, one of the places I did not go, mainly because it was also in my hand and I just had no, it was hard for me to carry stuff and I had no energy. Um, I had my groceries delivered from a Vons slash Safeway. And you know what? It was fantastic. Now It doesn't necessarily take less time. I think if you got in the habit of it, you have to kind of work ahead and you have to, it takes a while to do the ordering. But I think if you did it every week, you'd get used to it. We all order the same stuff every week. And then it's not instantaneous. It wasn't like I could call in the morning and they deliver it in the afternoon. There was a 24-hour window and I had to be home. So there were some inconvenient stuff, but, you know, they deliver till 8 o'clock at night. So you could theoretically work and then have it delivered at 6 o'clock. I have to say, I truly, truly enjoyed having my groceries delivered. As much as I enjoy grocery shopping, truly enjoyed it. So, Anne, uh, you were right. Michelle, maybe don't go to Costco, but check out other grocery delivery services because totally worth outsourcing groceries. Totally worth it. All right. Another thing maybe you should outsource is... um, People to take care of your uh, pop culture needs. <laughs> and I'm here to do that. I have a little pop culture report today. couple things that uh, I, I'm looking forward to or I currently, are just finished or I'm currently enjoying. I thought I would, uh, thought I would report back on some findings in the pop culture world. All right. I have books, movies, TV. All right. Let's just start with Catching Fire. The, the new Hunger Games movie debuts today. Palpable Excitement on Facebook. I know the Chaos Crew is into it. This is totally your area of life. Uh, maybe you have teens or tweens that have read the books and love them, and you read alongside. The first movie was excellent, very enjoyable. Second movie comes out today, stars Jennifer Lawrence, Academy Award winner. She of the spectacular new Pixie haircut. Um, it's getting great, great reviews, mainly because they said she is so fantastic. So, I did not read the books, but I went to the first movie with my son who read The Hunger Games. He loved the first book. We went to the movie. We thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Loved it. So about two weeks ago, I said, oh, hey, are we going to go to Catching Fire? Should I read that book? He goes, don't bother to read the book. I go, why? He goes, mom. You know, the reason the first book was so great was because they were literally in a fight for their lives. They were fighting to the death over something. He goes, I don't know. The next book, is just all about, like, democracy. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) He talked a couple weeks ago about... Boys sort of being interested in different things and relating to different things uh, than girls do in terms of literature and, you know, what subjects they want to write about in schools. And then just summed it up for me. Like, he's, I I just, I was surprised. He goes, it was great because it was like literally life or death. And the next book, it's just like, you know, forming a republic on the line. He goes, it just doesn't have the same level of, you know, interest for me. But... Oh, I checked with him today. I said, come on. It's getting great reviews. I I don't feel even compelled to read the book. I'm happy just to go to the movie. (laughs) Will you go with me this weekend? He said, I'm going to go with you because I love Jennifer Lawrence. So (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Out of the mouths of 15-year-old boys. I for one, find that hugely encouraging. The 15 year old boys, I think she's a fantastic role model for girls. I think she's a fantastic, you know, pretend girlfriend for boys. I think she's fantastic. So there you go, Jennifer Lawrence, you have won over my 15 year old son, and I'm sure he is not the only boy in America that loves your pixie haircut and is going to the movies just for you. All right. Uh, So we're off to see that this weekend, like I think everybody else in America, but super psyched because we have a rainy weekend. We're going. Um, Okay. The other thing that I am so enjoying, and it's good family viewing if you have teenagers or tweens, it's not super scary. Is Sleepy Hollow. I know that I have talked about this before, but the show just keeps getting better and better. This is the modern retake of the classic Headless Horseman story, uh, starring Yours Truly, or starring not Yours Truly, but starring Ichabod Crane. It's over on Fox. What the writers have done is just a brilliant retelling of the story. It's fun, it's funny, it's charming. The British actor that plays Ichabod Crane is pitch perfect in the role. He is like a real man on stage and screen. I love it. And the best part of the show is that um they make jokes about the American Revolution. You know, I just as a history buff, as someone who grew up in New England, I just always feel like the American Revolution gets kind of a short shift in in like modern culture. You know, a lot of World War Two movies, a lot of Civil War movies, but You know, very few really are about the American Revolution. So the fact that George Washington is a recurring character in a modern day TV show on Fox, I'm all about that. So I was happy to see today uh, in the calendar section of the Los Angeles Times that I am not the only one enjoying Sleepy Hollow. It actually is a monster, monster hit and is a monster, monster hit because of DVRs. So when you look at the normal ratings, the Nielsen ratings, uh, some measures do or do do or do not include DVR counts, but the industry is starting to keep track. So actually, if you add up the people that watch Sleepy Hollow live, 7 million, plus the people like us who live for it on the DVR, we love it, Monday nights, Sleepy Hollow night, we're totally psyched. It actually outperforms Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and NCIS. So that is how many of you are enjoying the Sleepy Hollow. And I like to think- It's because of the American history. I mean, there was a hilarious joke about um, uh, Jefferson negotiating with the French this week (laughs) during the American Revolution. There have actually been quite a few good Jefferson jokes (laughs) on Sleepy Hollow. So if you haven't caught up with Sleepy Hollow, if you haven't gotten on board yet, I think you can find it on Netflix or find it online. Uh, It would be a good thing to, you know, just review the last five or six shows. This season's work and then and then start fresh in January. I think you're gonna really enjoy it. It's fantastic. And I honestly I think the kids are learning a little bit about American history. You can't say that very often. Pop TV show. And then finally, um, I just finished the new Bridget Jones book. Okay. Uh Here you go. So, you know, I, I consider myself part of the Bridget Jones generation. When that book came out, I was, you know, a 20 something person, uh, a woman, 20 something woman, and, you know, you know, not so lucky in love, having a lot of the same issues in terms of career and men that Bridget had, you know, and, and weight. (laughs) So that Bridget had, and that book, I, I, I implore you to go back and read the original Bridget Jones. I have a copy. And when I'm about to start my book, my next book, you know, the last couple of years when I've been writing novels and writing fiction, I very frequently like go back to the book and just read a few paragraphs because that book is so sharp and so funny. It was so fresh and so new. It, it basically created the whole sh- chicklet genre, but it has not been topped. You know, Bridget as a character is hilarious. And the writing is just unrelentingly funny. And uh, it just doesn't pull any punches. And I want you to block out the image of Renee Zellweger when you reread Bridget Jones's diary, the actual book. Because my problem with the movies was always this, that like, in the book, Bridget is like, She weighs 135 pounds, but in no way, shape, or form do you feel like she is a slob, okay? (laughs) She just is not a size two, but she's sort of a pulled together, you know, semi-pulled together, tries to pull herself together, urban career girl. And what I objected to in the movies was that the director of the movie decided, well, if she weighs 130. Five pounds she must not I don't know comb her hair so I hated the fact that they made her a slob in the movie that really, bo- that really bothered me on the other hand Colin Firth did not bother me at all so uh, so uh, I, if you haven't read the book in a while go back and read it and then there was the second Bridget Jones book and again unfortunately plot wise that just didn't work out for me Bridget gets thrown in jail on a fake drug charge Mark Darcy has to come get her you know oh just mm, bridge too far kind of just not as not as sharp as the first one but now Helen Fielding's back and she's decided to you know revisit Bridget at age 51 now I wanted to love this book I was rooting for it to be great but here's what happened here's what happened uh I, I spoiler alert. So if you haven't read anything about it, you're going to read it. You might want to fast forward five minutes, but I'm just going to tell you the key key plot point. I I think it's been out there in most things. So, uh, Bridget is a widow. Unfortunately, Mark Darcy dies and you learn about halfway through the book, how that happens. Um, so I won't reveal that, but, um, so she's a 51 year old widow who's been grieving for four years and it's just, you know, her friends, they're all back. Shazer, Jude, Tom, they're all back. So (laughs) remember, Oh, you were awesome. It's awesome when they come back in the book too. You're like, oh, Tom, there you are. Um, uh, you know, Bridget starts dating a younger man and it's like, a, oh, oh, it's unfortunate. It's like her editor, it's like someone at the publishing house said, you know, it'd be great if it's if she dates a younger man, then she can be the exact same Bridget she was 20 years ago when she was dating a 29-year-old guy, if she's 51 and dating a 29-year-old guy. And that was just a critical mistake. Because the sections where she's not like tweeting, which is also unfortunate, with the 29-year-old, you really get a glimpse of Bridget at 51. So I wish, I wish that they had just Made that a tiny, tiny plot point instead of three quarters of the book because when you get to see Bridget as like a grown up, um, you really appreciate that. And to the editors, like we grew up too with <laughs> the Bridget Jones generation, we're not twenty nine either. <laughs> okay, we're in our late forties, early fifties. You know, we've been through some stuff. We can handle it. We can handle Bridget. Growing up, we wanted to see that it would have been fun to have her as a role model in sort of that point of our lives. So I was disappointed. I could only give the book three stars. If you are part of the Bridget Jones generation, um, Pick it up and enjoy it because there are some good moments and there are there is some sharp observational humor that, you know, Helen fielding nails and there's just one I wish I could I don't want to ruin the whole book for you, but there's like one classic Bridget Jones mistake that I wish the whole book had been like that. So if you want to know what that is and you've read the book, email me at at leon And I'll tell you the one, my absolute favorite bit of the book, like that I wish the whole book had absolutely, you know, been exactly like that. So there you go. Pop culture roundup, uh, catching fire. Let's all reconvene next week. Talk about how much we loved it and how much we love Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, sleepy hollow, put it on your to watch list. If you haven't, it's scary. It's creepy. It's wacky. It's got George Washington. <laughs> it's got handsome British men in like, you know, jodhpurs I just love that. I love it. It's just on the edge of absurdity. And then Bridget Jones, uh, that would be um a rental. <laughs> you don't have to go to the movies to see it. Just rent it. All right. All right, coming up my to do list, I'll be right back. All righty. Lots of stuff happening over the next couple weeks. Well, just for everyone, a few things happening for me in case you're interested. If you're in the Southern California, Los Angeles, Pasadena area on the Saturday after November, it is called Small Business Saturday all across America. You're supposed to support your local businesses in your own small town, uh, your own small business. And I am going to be supporting, along with a bunch of other authors, um, our local independent bookstore. I'll be at Vromans on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, November 30th, from 3 to 5 p.m. I am going to be a salesperson. I am going to be selling, recommending books. Of course, I'll be there to sell and recommend my own book, but I also have another list of books that I'll be recommending as great gift books. So if you want to swing by Vromans, if you need any books signed, if you just want to say hi, if you want to see my recommendations, I'll be at Vromans November 30th from 3 to 5 p.m. in Pasadena right on Colorado Boulevard but all across America there are authors appearing at your local indie bookstores. It was kind of a a shout out to authors everywhere to support indie bookstores so um, I will post there's an interactive map when we get closer to the date I'll post a picture of that. I posted it a couple weeks ago on my author page Um, but just check with your local indie bookstore see if any of your favorite authors are going to be showing up to sell books. I will be there. So now it's time for the to-do list. And as we know, we have Thanksgiving coming up, then Hanukkah. I think it's the same night, right? That's an unusual double this year. (laughs) Not Chrismica, but... Thanksgiving Maca, apparently. Um, and then we roll right into the Christmas season, New Year's. And then here in Pasadena, we even have um, post-New Year's festivities because the National Championship football game is at the Rose Bowl this year. So we have the regular Rose Bowl game. And then after that, the, uh, the National Championship game. So it feels like a good long holiday season. And, you know, I approach it with I'm of two minds. Uh, the 26th next week is the year anniversary of my mom's death she died the Monday after Thanksgiving. So I think forever I'll associate Thanksgiving with my mom in a good way. Uh, but this year it may be a little tough. A tough way, but a good way. And it was her favorite um, holiday. Clearly last year when I look back on it, she sort of rallied for Thanksgiving day. She was present and there and, and talking and, and eating a tiny bit, but eating just a little and rearranging the turkeys on the table for me, which is what I expected her to do. And then she died the Monday after Thanksgiving. It was really kind of her last good day was Thanksgiving Day. And um, so, you know, and then after last year, the whole holiday season, pretty much all of December, I just punted, frankly. I had to work on my book, which I sort of happily did as therapy. Uh, I just punted on Christmas. (laughs) Just I could not rally. I just couldn't rally. I didn't send out cards. I just found this year, um, I was going through some stuff, I found a whole stack of Christmas cards people sent me last year that I didn't even open. Uh, I do not believe I bought a single gift for my family last year. I just told my cousin to take my husband to take care of it. We did get a tree and I sort of half-heartedly put some lights up, but I never even got the ornaments out of the basement really sounds bad now that I think about it, but I just wasn't in the mood and it seemed fitting at the time. But this year I'd like to sort of rally and rebound. So I am happy to uh, say on my to-do list, we have quite a few holiday invitations already. (laughs) So, you know, from various work parties and school parties and party parties and just some things happening in December. I actually signed up for a holiday look-in tour through the Alumni Association of my son's high school. The alumni moms were going to do that. Just a bunch of other things happening. And I feel like maybe that's a good way for me to sort of not force myself into the holiday spirit, but get back on track with the holiday spirit. So I am looking forward to that. So on my to-do list, I'm looking forward to having, you know, a simpler, quieter Thanksgiving, but then really kind of rebounding and, um, enjoying the season, uh, in a special way this year and making a real effort to do that. So (laughs) that's my to-do list people just kind of moving through the anniversary of my mom's death and trying to remain positive and, uh, and in, you know, in touch with other people and in touch with things and in touch with what's happening with the world this year. And I feel like I'm ready for that. I feel like I'm ready for that. So um, thank you, as always, for the support that you've given me. And thanks this week for the support you gave Pastor Jill. Jill Henning, you know, is one of our Chaos Crew and Satellite Sisterhood. She's been going through breast cancer treatments and had to, um, her treatment, course, took a change, a radical change this week and she went in uh, for surgery, and mastectomy and lots of nice good wishes for Pastor Joe on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. So, and there are a lot of people out there going through their own issues. Holidays are always hard. They're challenging. And uh, my advice would be just do what you have to do to get through. If you don't, if you don't want to take out the Christmas ornaments this year, don't take out the Christmas ornaments this year. Okay. So it's next year, right? Right. All right, people. I am also doing a satellite sister show today, so look for that. As always, you can find me at Leon at chaoschronicles.com. Leon at chaoschronicles.com. Be back next week uh, before Thanksgiving. Maybe give you something to listen to while you're preparing your own turkey. In the meantime, don't forget, embrace your chaos.